Hey, yo, what's up, good people? This is your boy, Marvin Shiloh. We got the Ryan in the building. Big shout out to Mo Lane and Ryan. Uh, we are the Beard Always Wins. The Beard Always Wins is the movement, it's the lifestyle, more important, it's the podcast. Well, we're so grateful and thankful that you all are listening to. And with that being said, do us a favor like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Just click on any of the links on our social media, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, however you find us. But we appreciate every like, share, listen, everything. Even if you don't listen to it for a couple of minutes, we still appreciate it. And with that being said, Deron, we talking about some. We were talking about some things that uh, we ain't seen in a while and probably won't ever see. But I want to start this out by giving a shout out to Melanie Doggett, who um, who is the daughter of Brandon Doggett, who we went to school with um, from Valdosta, Georgia. And she set a world record. So it's always one time for the home team. A sixth grader ran a eleven six seven in the hundred meters. So guess what? So by some way, somehow, Wendersville is attached to the world record for the hundred meters uh, for that age group, which is uh, amazing. She ran an eleven six seven, I believe. That's what it was. The fastest time in the world this year is ten seven five, and that's an amazing feat. I don't care what nobody says. So, listen, I'm going to give her roses right now. And, yeah, man, keep running. Keep going. Keep going because that's, uh, that's amazing. There's a lot of dedication and, and hard work that goes into that. So, shout out to Melanie Doggett, who is now a uh, world record holder as far as the age group is concerned. Yeah, it won't, it won't be long before uh, she out in Colorado Spring. Yeah. Because, you know, that's where Team USA do they do all their training and stuff? But, yeah, but, yeah. I mean that, that's that's amazing. And and they just to think, well, she's probably in the sixth grade. Since so what, twelve, eleven, twelve years old, and she's yeah. a, a second off of the the fastest time amongst professionals this year. She got a bright future. She got a bright future. She might be the one to break Flo Joe's record at this pace. Yeah, because considering that. <laughs> I give props to people that run track or uh, play like the individual sports because it's, it's a lonely thing because you're the only one that's doing it. Yeah. Like, you, it's just you and your coaches that's out there. Ain't nobody out there running with you. So, yeah, big, big up some props to her. Gotcha. Quick question. Do you think anybody will break Flo Joe's record? Within, let's say, the next uh, five years? Yeah, I think... Um, one of the Jamaican ladies are breaking. Think so? Because they they because they basically dominating the field right now. Yeah. And if you if you believe what some people say, they dominating the field until they get caught. But allegedly, if, if you go if you go, yeah allegedly if you go after eighty eight like Olympics, what was it? Everybody. That just so happened that Carl Lewis was the only person who wasn't doping in that track meet, in that gold, in that gold medal meet. Yeah, yeah, that's the one Ben Johnson ran. What what did Ben Johnson run? Um, like a nine eight five and broke the record, I think. Yeah, that that was he ran a a big. I mean that that was like astonishing. Like Ben Johnson and Ben Johnson looked like when he broke the record, he looked like Bo Jackson or. Uh, Dang, what's 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 one of the what's the dude name? I don't know. He was just all muscle. Ben Johnson was huge, and he ran like a nine eight something, broke the oh. world record. What's up? Oh yeah, no, nah. that is a pause. 
and stop just realize what I said. Yeah. But nah, well, the reason why we were talking about this kind of stuff is because we were just going over like, man, like we were talking about. Yeah, it's the slow, it's slow, it's the slow time of the year. We were talking about baseball. Yeah. And so, for whatever reason, I brought up. I was like, man, you know who don't get their props? Tony Gwynn. It was like Tony Gwynn was like the most dominant dude ever. And you know what's crazy about Tony Gwynn? Tony Gwynn stat. He played basketball too at San Diego State. Had a record at San Diego State too. <laughs> in basketball. That's how good Tony yeah. Gwynn was. And you look at Tony Gwynn, you be like, "Ain't hey, no way." But Tony Gwynn was that. We remember. Guy. We remember chubby Tony Gwynn. Yeah. We don't remember like nineteen eighty five, eighty six Tony Gwynn. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> you 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 are correct about that. But Tony Gwynn, he at what? How many times did he face smokes? He I don't th- he never. I, you know, I think there's this crazy stat about Gwen is was that he never struck the all. He never struck yeah, out. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Gwen faced Greg Maddox 107 times in his career, more than any other pitcher. He batted 415 with a slugging percentage of 476. <laughs> Against the four-time Cy Young Award winner Hall of Fame, that's easily the highest average against Maddox for any player with at least 70 appearances. It's not like Gwen's numbers against Maddox were an anomaly. He torched just about every pitch he faced. Among the 38 pitches he faced at least 50 times, his lowest mark was 243, and that was against Doc Gooden, who might be the greatest what-if in baseball history as far as like, black pitchers go. Uh, but he batted at least 300 against 32 of those 38 pitches, including Tom Glavin, Nolan Ryan, John Smoltz, and Oral Hershaw's. Which are, they are all-time greats. They are yeah. all-time greats. And Doc Gooden, like, for what it's worth, Doc Gooden was that dude. He, yeah. Doc was, like, I remember growing up playing baseball. I wanted to pitch because of Doc, Doc Gooden. Yeah, I never got a chance. To he play. had that funky delivery. Yeah, had that nasty curve. Didn't uh, was, was my was was my great grandmother's favorite baseball player of all time. Him and Daryl Strawberry. Yo, matter of fact, him and Daryl Strawberry was on that Mets team. Didn't they win the World Series? Yeah, eighty six with uh, Buckner letting the ball get between his legs against the Red Sox. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly it was a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, smoking cigarettes uh, in the tunnel. Yeah. Man, the 80s were a wild time. Wild time in the 80s. And what else is we were talking about Ohani as well. Uh, how? Oh, 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 I got to get some more Gwen stats, bro. Okay. We got more Gwen stats. For, for, for Tony Gwen's career batting average to drop below, below 300, he could go hitless for the next 1,183 at-bats. Which is basically the equivalent. He could go two seasons without getting a hit. And what's his what's his all time uh, batting average? His lifetime batting average is three thirty eight. Three thirty eight. How many? He has a uh, lifetime career batting average of three thirty eight, eight batting titles, three thousand one hundred forty one career hits, and fifteen All Star game appearances. How many home runs he hit? And he wasn't. Oh, known. He didn't. He wasn't he known didn't for the long ball, that. but he was like he was like each run. Ichiro didn't care about like Ichiro like one of the fu- like one of the funniest stories I ever heard about Ichiro Suzuki is like during batting practice 
he would have like uh you know like they have kids that like come visit or whatever yeah and the kid he asked the kid like where do you want me to hit a home run and kid be like right between uh over there by the uh, left foul pole and he would go on to hit like 15 straight home runs by the left by the left <laughs> field uh, foul pole yeah. like he could hit him when he wanted to he just didn't want to yeah that, and that was the thing about Gwen. like he's he has home runs he's uh that's that's one thing I can I can honestly say. Tony Gwynn, how many home runs did Tony Gwynn hit? Let's see. Hold on. In two thousand four hundred and forty career games, Gwynn only struck out more than once, thirty four times in thirty four games. That's that was so the that, odds were I better was, that that Gwynn would get four hits rather than striking out twice in a game. That that was a stat I was talking about. That crazy Tony Gwynn stat was that. He, he he never struck out more than once a game. Rarely, it's rare. Come on, here 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 it is absurd. Here it is. this is the one you want. Gwen struck out a career in his career four hundred thirty four times with ten thousand two hundred thirty two career plate appearances. <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's the thing. Like Tony Gwen, and not to mention he has one hundred thirty five home runs all the time. So it's not like he couldn't so, hit him. Compare- so this was back in 2012 and 2010 when these what's name was being like dug up. For comparison's sake, Adam Dunn struck out 486 times during the 2012 season. Mark Reynolds struck out 434 times in two consecutive seasons. Uh, if, in 1995, Wynn struck out only 15 times in 535 at bats. Yo, what's the dude uh, dude's name? He used to either strike out or hit a home run. Uh, Cecil Fielder. Cecil Fielder. Yeah. Yep. He, he, um, his, I'm, I'm looking at that right now. Uh, he struck out a lot. In fact, his strikeout rate was so high. Uh, dang, I can't, it's not giving it to me. It's not giving me what I want. He averaged 11. Point zero five strike strikeouts, um, over nine. Oh wait, that that can't be right. My favorite, uh, there. My one of my favorite quotes is um, Greg Maddox uh, about uh, Tony Gwynn. He was like, "You can't, you just can't do it." Sometimes hitters can pick up differences in spin. They can ID pitches if there are different release points, or if a curveball starts with an upward hump, upward hump as it leaves the pitcher's hand. But if a pitcher can change speeds, every hitter is helpless, limited by human vision, except for that effing Tony Gwynn. <laughs> That's crazy. That is great. So Cecil Fielder, strikeout rate. Why can't I find find it? They, they, they're hiding this. They are. No, he doesn't need to go to baseball reference. They are baseball reference. Okay, there you go. Uh, Cecil Fielder struck out 1,316 times. Out of how many at-bats? On 5,157 um, plate appearances. Yeah, so by every other time he was up, he was he was striking out. But, you know, he got, uh, what, 300 home runs? This ain't the... Uh, to, to, to dump on, on Cecil Field or Cecil Field, however you want to pronounce the name, is just to show the contrast as far as, like, Fielder was about the long ball. 
Do you want to talk about some other long, some other unbreakable? All right, so I'm gonna give you some unbreakable, some records, and you tell me if they'll ever be broken. All right. Uh, Ricky Henderson's 1,406 career stolen bases. I don't think so. Who who's the closest? Uh, the closest is I want to say it was Jose Reyes, but he only had like 400. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know who the guy, who who like at the active leader now. But I know the closest, is, the second place uh, guy is Vince Coleman with like nine hundred something. Yeah. Also, if y'all haven't read the Ricky Henderson uh, autobiography, I highly suggest, written by Howard Bryant, I highly suggest you read it. Uh, one of the greatest quotes in baseball history: "With Lou Brock standing right next to him, Lou Brock is a great base saver." Base stealing, but today I am the greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like Ricky Henderson, and he played for a long time. He played for over twenty years. Yep, and stole. Yep, and was played. Like this dude was fast. Like he's probably still fast. I wonder what was Ricky Henderson forty time. Like four two easy. Uh, it's a, it's telling the book that he he played running back at Oakland Tech, which is the same high school uh, Marshawn Lynch went to. But he was so he was supposed to go to Arizona State to play college football, but Ricky could not read above a sixth grade level, oh, wow. and his grade showed it. Well, so also man, I man, it's so many Ricky Ricky uh, Henderson stories. I'll tell them to you because it'll eat up all the time. <laughs> Uh, Cal Ripken's 2,632 consecutive games played in a row. I don't think nobody's breaking that. Um, Brett Farr's 305 career interceptions. Um, That could get broken. But you know what? I don't think nobody's going to do that because Brett Farr, he he was such a, a, a polarizing figure. And he just, like, they don't really give quarterbacks that much leeway. No more. Nah. Because right, I'm looking at it. Because I'm looking at it like Jameis, because uh, y'all know I'm part of the Jameis Winston Defense Fund. Uh, Jameis had better, in his first four seasons, Jameis had better stats than Peyton Manning in his first four stats. But he had that one year he threw 30 uh, touchdowns and 30 interceptions. And he can't get a starting job in the league. Yeah, like gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. Hey, um, can you agree, Will Chamberlain? Uh, he averaged fifty point four points per game in one season. No, nah. Even though I, we haven't had anybody average forty in the season. Mm-mm. Like that's not named Will Chamberlain. <laughs> exactly. I think Jordan was the the next closest, and he was like thirty eight. 36 points a game, something like that. So, somebody, I want to say, I don't know my stats that well, but I'm pretty sure somebody averaged 36 this year. Um, I don't know who it was, but I mean, the scoring averages are up there, but to you got the course of 82 games, and you're gonna that that's a I don't know, that that's just an unbreakable, I think that's an unbreakable record, but I also realize that. My- Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain was seven foot. Everybody else was six six. <laughs> what is actually, that? actually, actually, that is a false statement. It is and false. They, um, it's um, 
Let's just say it wasn't he, the people that he was playing against. They were they wasn't seven foot, but they was like of size to where it wasn't like yeah. They were like he six. Was dumb, it, it was like me playing my daughter when she was four or something. But yeah. then they didn't have any backups that was his height. Yeah, that was that's that's what I, I'm getting at. And plus, uh, at that point in time, I want to think it was like maybe twelve teams in the league, maybe fifteen. It was it wasn't a lot of teams in the league. Yeah, so, but but that, but that all, but that also goes to just like now, if you if you if you lessen if you reduce the number of teams in the league to twelve, guess what? The tw- the best twelve of the tw- um, yeah. the best NBA players will be on those twelve teams. You're right. You're so, right. You got to But I mean. Let me give you some football ones. Uh, Dick Night Train Lane uh, My God. having uh, 14 picks in one season. Uh, nah, I don't think so. Uh, Jerry Rice career, uh, 22,895 receiving yards. Yes, I think that can be broken. You sure about that? So this, this is why, because we, they throw the ball so much. Now, for somebody to do it, they're gonna have to stay healthy. Like I think it'd be. Let's say like the the clo- the closest the actually damn I didn't even know he was number two. The closest uh, receiver to uh, that's up that's in yardage is Larry Fitzgerald, and he's still a good five thousand four hundred yards away, and he played sixteen seasons. How, how many yards? Seventeen thousand four hundred ninety-two. I think it's possible, man. I I I really do think it's think it's possible. But you need to put an asterisk next to it too, because you know, uh, seventeen games is more than sixteen, and that's why that's and that's why I'm getting at. Like, it's got another game. You got a pass happy league. Cause like when, you know, when Jerry was was playing the West Coast offense, they spread the ball out a lot. And to Roger Craig, didn't Roger Craig have a thousand yards receiving one year, and a thousand yeah, yards rushing? Yeah, thousand yards rushing, thousand yards receiving. But you gotta remember that, like the philosophy of the, uh, of the West Coast offense is short, intermediate throws and let the let the pass catchers do the work. But in twelve games. In the strike season, strike shortened season of nineteen eighty seven, and I want to say Jerry only played. Yeah, he played in all twelve. Uh, Jerry had uh, one thousand seventy eight yards and twenty two touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> like Jerry Jerry Rice. Like even even if if he played in today's game, he he would have he, he, he would he, monster this monster. Man. He would have at least three two thousand yards receiving years. I think so. I think so. And plus, he stay healthy. That's why I say if somebody can stay healthy for that long time, I think it could be. But it's going to be really hard to do. Here's another one. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I've seen – I'll talk about it later. But um, Barry Bonds having 120 intentional walks in one season with five of them being intentional with the bases loaded. Nah, I don't think so. Bro. I forget the relief pitcher, but he was like, he was a dude that had like, like every, he was a he was a top um, closer in the league. The year that the Giants played the uh, the Anaheim Angels in the World Series, 
Barry Bonds hit a home run that might still be in the air right now. <laughs> and that game was back in like 2001. It was either 2000 or 2003. I forget what year it was. But it's infamous because it gets lost in the lights. And Tim Salmon, who used to play for the, uh, Tim Salmon, who used to play for the, uh, Angels, is caught on camera saying, that's the longest effing ball I ever seen hit in my life. Yo, on camera. That ball, I think that ball landed in Hawaii or Japan. Um, yes, bro, that, that, <laughs> I had to rewind it like three times and be like, bro, I'm like, that game still might be somewhere in the atmosphere right now. Yeah, that, that, that was, uh, that was a monster shot. I mean, a monster shot right there. What else we got? What about... Um, uh, Johnny United's uh, throwing 47, having 47 consecutive games with a touchdown pass. Yeah. I think that could be broken. All right. Let's that's, that's get to the, uh, the ones that we know ain't going to never get beat. Uh, Nola Ryan having seven career no hitters. Nah, they ain't going to get beat. Uh, Bill Russell, 11 championships. Nope. Cy Young throwing 749 complete games. No. Like, when's the last time any, like, you, nobody ever, it's rare. Like, nobody throws a complete game, like, more than two a year. Yeah, yeah. So. I want to say the last dude I remember throwing a complete game was Johan Santana. He threw, like, 170 pitches and Blew out his arm to get a perfect game for the Mets. Yeah. Damn near 20 years ago. Um, Wayne Gretzky with 2,857 points in the NHL. See, and I'm going to remind you, no other hockey player in history has more than 2,000. I don't understand how points work in hockey. Assists, assi- uh, assists um, goals. Like it worked like that, but it's also funky how you get an assist in hockey too, because it's not. It's kind of like how like uh, so you know so you know people at, at the first time it happened with Russell Westbrook, people was like waving the pom pom saying like, man, he averaged a triple double over a season, and then he did it again, and people was like trying to devalue the like the triple double, but it's. Quick side note: It's funny how people like boost hype up these um, these Luka Doncic uh, triple doubles, and he ain't producing no wins. Considering that uh, Russell, whenever Russell would get a triple double, his team wins eighty two percent of the time. But that's neither here nor there. That's true. But if you think about it, in, if you think about it in uh, Oscar Robinson's day, for an assist account. You can't dribble the ball, and the person you threw the ball to couldn't dribble the ball. Yeah. And the man averaged a triple-double over five seasons. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. What about, um... Yeah. I'm going one. You think anybody will break uh, Usain Bolt's records in the 200 and the 100? But the 1919 and... What is it, 9-5? What's... what's What's this hundred meter record? Nine seven. I'm about to say nine seven nine. Nah, it's but like, I don't think. I think. I think the two hundred to get beat. I don't think the hundred gonna get beat. Yeah. What's the record? Because for it to get. Keep what's going. That now? Keep going. Keep going. Uh, Joe DiMaggio having a fifty six game hitting streak. Nah, I don't think so. Because somebody will intentionally walk people. Yeah, that'd be a sucker move too. Yeah, it would be. 
Somebody get to like fifty. They ain't gonna be on me. They intentionally walk them. Like, <laughs> but, um, but but what were you saying Barry about? Barry Bonds uh, record for the season. Oh nah, that's never gonna happen again. Barry Bonds home? No, no, that's never gonna happen again. Um, but what were you saying about uh boat? You said the the hundred won't get broke because of what? Man, human advancement don't move that fast. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be on something. Like like I can I'll find it I'll find the store I'll find the graph for you and send it to you later on. But it's a it's basically every um every Olympic gold medal winner in that time. And Jesse Owens wouldn't even qualify nowadays because his time, hell, Doggett daughter ran faster than uh, Jesse Owens in the 36 Olympics. Really? What did he run? Which is crazy. Uh, I ain't going to even look it up. <laughs> Wait, what, what did he run? I want to know. If you say she ran 11 6 7. So what did Jesse Owens run? I'll bring it back to the sport that uh, that we know and love, uh, college football. Why you looked that up? All right. Uh, uh, oh, we know this ain't never getting broken. Uh, Cumberland Gap, which is still a college in uh, rural uh, Tennessee near Chattanooga, lost to uh, number one Georgia Tech, two hundred twenty-two to zero in nineteen sixteen. Nah, that's never gonna. Um, that's never gonna happen again. <laughs> It's never gonna happen again. So, Oklahoma. So Jesse Owens. Oklahoma from. I'll go for it. So Jesse Owens' personal best was a ten-two, which high schoolers are running that now. Uh, Usain Bolt was nine-five-seven-two. That's it. Yeah, he beat bro. It was it, who the defensive did he commit to y'all? The defensive lineman that was out here like kicking everybody, telling uh, the hundred meter in high school. Yeah, he did. And like running like sub ten fives. Yeah, that was uh I know Devontae Wyatt ran a he ran like a ten nine, something like that, in Air Force Ones. Were <laughs> they white or black? Devontae Wyatt. He, he black, man. He matter of fact, he was one of the guys. No, uh, no I'm saying it was was the Air Force Ones black or white. Oh, I don't know. They probably <laughs> they, they probably used to be white, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma from 1953 to 1957 having a 47-game winning streak. Nobody ever beat that. Too much parity. The closest, the closest it came was USC and Miami each having a 30-game winning streak. Florida State during the James years had a 29-game winning streak. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, let's see. I will say I think I think Georgia goes undefeated this year, and that'll be a what 15. 12, 27. They'll hit, they'll probably hit 30 because the, the bowl game, well, they hit 29 maybe. Career rushing yards, 7,125 held by Run Dane. No, because nobody stays in school long enough. <laughs> and they don't run the ball yeah. enough. Uh, passing yards. In a game, seven hundred thirty-four by Connor Holiday of Washington State back in twenty fourteen. He played for uh, Mike Leach. Well, R.I.P. to the Pirate. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah. It's possible, but I highly doubt that happens. 
ever again. Okay, so that's gonna sound unbelievable when I tell you this, man. But work with me here. Okay. Uh, the NCAA didn't include defensive stats officially until 2000 for perspective, but Derrick Thomas single season sack record 27. Yo, Derrick Thomas, he was at Alabama, am I right? Yeah. Derrick Thomas was a beast, and. I don't know. They play a lot of option teams. Now, I don't know if these were straight dropbacks or him getting to the quarterback, you know, as he's running the option. But nobody's ever going to beat 27. That's never going to happen. In a single season? Nah, that ain't happening, bro. Uh, I want to say... Well, it's disputed because, I mean, um, what's your boy name? Um, Terrell Suggs had 21 in a season for Arizona State. I know he, I think he got the record for most in a game with seven. Yeah. But uh, I, matter of fact, matter of fact, I was going down, I was going down a rabbit hole of like college football uh, YouTube videos. And it was crazy watching um, Melvin Gordon set the uh, all-time rushing record in college at 408. Uh, one week, and then the next week it gets bro- broken by Samaja P. Ryan for Oklahoma. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that that was that was uh that was, that was two really good weeks for college football. I got, I want I want to switch it up yeah. real quick. I want to pivot because I want to ask you a question, right? Um, since you're our legal expert, Lil Boosie, can you explain to lock him up? <laughs> But can you explain to the people why his case isn't double jeopardy? Now, I do know that we don't really know the whole everything because his case is sealed right now. The feds got it. But if it is a federal gun charge, even though he was acquitted by the state, can you explain to the people why it wouldn't be double jeopardy? Uh, be honest with you, brother. I haven't heard anything about uh, about Boos's case. But I, for those that don't know, um, double jeopardy just means that you can't be prosecuted for the same offense twice. So if I, so if Mun murdered somebody and he got off, and they find out some, and he like he gets completely off, I mean that's because they got some new evidence. It's gonna take a heck of a lot more to like bring him back up on the same charge. But yeah, I ain't heard, the only thing I know about Boos is he got arrested for a gun. He trying to run with the whole uh, John Morant. Yo, did you hear what uh, John Morant's defense was? No. That the gun was a lighter? Oh, wow. Nah. And that's the same thing that apparently I heard that Boos' team going with, that like the gun that he had in his waist was a lighter. Wow. Well. So, but these are, these are our heroes. Yeah. But, so... Because he's a felon, right? Because he he's a felon and he possesses the, the firearm, and he was brought up on charges. The state brought brought him up on charges on it. the The feds can actually come back around and get him for the same charge. They can take they can take over if he. To my if I remember this correctly, because it was a long it's been a minute since I was in that jurisprudence class, but if I remember correctly. Case in point, 
So, and it might not be the same thing, but you'll see where I'm going with here. So, police officer shoots shoots somebody in Valdosta, and the state refuses to like prosecute because it's a law enforcement issue. The Department of Justice can take they can take that case over and and uh, get it tried in a, a federal court. So it might be the same here with like Boost and so. Gotcha. Gotcha, cause either way, I know. Either way, I know the price of the break is going up for him to appear on uh, DJ Vlad <laughs> after this. So. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said, "I want." I don't know the dude's name, uh, but I, a few people. I, I kind of tried to, you know, get as much information as I could. But a few people said, "What they said was that this case, when the feds, they, whatever it is, the feds have something on him." Whatever it is that they've been building the case for the last year or so, which is I possible. mean these dudes. These, I mean these dudes. They 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 bring it on themselves. It's just like uh, I think the last time we recorded, we were talking about Wyan. What's his name? Wyan W. Melly or whatever his name. Yeah. Like yeah, like bro, you sent you sent a text message from the scene of the crime <laughs> saying got him, <laughs> and the police triangulated that signal. Like he, like it's just like me sending like my pet location to you right now, and that's exactly what this dude did. So yeah, yeah, like Boosie living his life online. So yeah, it was inevitable that he was going to self snitch on himself. As much as he hates snitches, he he got to look in the mirror and be like, "Damn, I snitched on myself." So, do, so let me ask you this: Do you think that Boosie may, like you said, you brought he brought on himself, but he taunted? Like the law enforcement, a lot. Like whether whenever he got pulled over or X, Y, and Z. So do you think they? It could be a what's the word I'm looking for? A repercussion or retaliation, as far as him taunting taunting, mm-hmm. taunting law enforcement. I mean, if you know it's a hornet's nest, that you ain't gonna go hitting it with a stick, are you? Nah, you're right. So. Nah, bro. In the last, in my little health scare, I didn't came to realize, like, man, I ain't cutting these dudes no slack no more. Like, bro, as much as, as much as beautiful as this life can be, for you to tell on yourself and screw up all the time, <laughs> and then want people to, to start a GoFundMe to get you to, to pay your uh, lawyer fees. Like, nah, like, nah, like, nah, stupid, stupid games win stupid pride. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. So let me ask you this question: Have you seen the Flash yet? Nope, I wasn't gonna go see it. But then uh, uh, one of my old bosses was like, "Yeah, it's like uh, bump what the critics saying. Like, go see. It. Like, it's worse." I've had like five people come and tell me, "Have you seen the Flash? You gotta go see the Flash. I need y'all to record an episode dedicated to the Flash. I'm like a whole episode. I don't know if I could talk about the Flash that much. I could probably dedicate a good seven minutes." To this Flash movie, <laughs> I could probably I could do fifteen. I didn't seen all the spoilers, so I know who's making cameo. Oh, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't I, seen. Man, it. That's what happened. Man, that's what happened when you fall asleep on the couch from moving, and then uh, screen uh, screen crushes come across your YouTube feed after you wake up from a nap. I'm like, hmm. I thought this was a myth. So let me ask you this: Since we talking about spoilers, do spoilers bother you? Uh, if it's a movie I care about, but I'm, 
I'm old, so I really don't, don't care because I can go like it's like I like I've been meaning to finish watching Better Call Saul. Yeah, man, I've been looking at everything about the last season on YouTube <laughs> and on Wikipedia. Yeah, but I know by the time I get around to watching it, guess what? I've got everything I've read and watching on TV. So yeah, yeah, it don't matter. Like for me, I know some people that are fight over spoilers though. Yes, yes, some people will. Like I don't spoilers don't bother me. That's that's the one thing it. it, it they really don't bother me. Especially when it comes to comic book movies. Because I'm well versed in it. So I kind of have an idea of what the possibilities are. Like hey, when, you want to know what the fun you want to know what the funniest episode I've ever seen of a spoiler in a movie theater? What's that? For the people that for the people that didn't watch uh, didn't read Frank, uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight series and didn't know that old girl was uh <laughs> With the daughter of uh, Ra's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> I don't know how... Man, I ain't never seen that many people mad. Like, oh, man, she had turned on bats. And I'm like, y'all didn't read the comic? Exactly. Exactly. Like, that didn't, that didn't shock me at all. Like... But, like you said, we... Read comics or keep up with them, so... It doesn't, doesn't really bother me. So... One last thing I gotta ask you, and people say I was hating on this because I just said it. So Killer Mike came out with his album. I don't even know the name of the album. Do I? Mike. Mike. That's the name of it. Okay. I listened to the album. Yeah. It's okay. It's a it's a good album. Probably one of the better albums this year. But it don't. It, it's not hard to be the uh, the best album of the year so far because nobody really has released anything. Worth going to check out too much, but Mike, uh, it's a typical Killer Mike album, in my opinion. I get it. Andre Three Thousand has made an appearance. This is by far not his best verse, and it's I don't know. It's just a Killer Mike album. Like if you follow Killer Mike, you listen to Killer Mike. It's a Killer Mike album. I don't know what else to say about it. It's not allow me to retort, my brother. It's not. It's not bad. It's a good album, but it's a Killer Mike album, and I like Killer Mike. All I'm gonna say about because I gave I gave it like five spans the first day it dropped. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is they are more, they are more popular, quote unquote, mainstream rappers that we know of. Yeah. They get labeled. They get labeled with being too preachy with albums. Mike been preaching since rap, since rap, the rap music album. Yeah, and that's it. to me that, that that's his magnum opus. That's his best work. I didn't care about I didn't care about their uh, Run the Jewels stuff that he did with LP. That wasn't my type. That wasn't my type of thing. Like, like I told the dude on the message board, I'm like, yo, what's gonna happen? Yeah, people gonna talk about this album over the weekend or maybe for a week, and then people gonna forget that Killer Mike exists. I agree, <laughs> and, that, and that ain't no shade to Killer Mike because Mike do be when when he ain't on his um, his ultra militant stuff or his questionable like man is he is he endorsing Brian Kemp here or is he endorsing uh, Donald Trump here <laughs> type uh, political messaging. Like yeah, he spits, but he didn't. He didn't fell into that arena. Like I said, 
I know I pissed off with people when we talked about Jay Z, but I'm like, bro, I ain't trying to listen to no Jay Z verse in 2023. Me. I ain't trying to hear that. I ain't trying to hear a six minute goddamn verse. Like, I didn't hurt. I've heard. I've heard it all from Jay. And guess what? If I want to hear his old stuff, I, I'll take Nas's advice. If you want to hear my old stuff, play my old album. Yeah. So I'll just continue to play the old album. It and it, it's like this. When it comes to Killer Mike, I'm a Killer Mike fan. I really am. But I think I've just had a stage in my life where I feel like I've heard every rap I could possibly hear. Like, right. I mean, so wordplay, like, I might listen to it. I'm like, okay, that's dope. But it doesn't amaze me anymore. Like, I'm past that. Like, I'm now, nowadays, I'm, I'm, I'm more inter- interested in, you know, how did Miles Davis come up with this? <laughs> you know, like, like that's what I'm, I'm more more into. I'm more not into the words, but the actual composition of the music. That's what I'm interested right. in. Like, like, wow, do you know how skilled you have to be to to play this riff on the guitar or these chords on the piano or shoot just to hit the notes Miles Davis hit. Like, that's what I'm interested in when it comes to music. So, like, like here go a homework assignment for people that listen. Like, to show to show you the the beauty of music. So like, any like, that was one of the good good things about like Miles Davis. Like Miles Davis knew the technical side. And he just knew the I just play what I feel stuff. Like just play, just play with, just play what the music tell you to play right now. So he he knew. So he went to college. He went to college at Juilliard in the daytime, and he go uptown to Harlem to play with Charlie Crane. Parker and them at nighttime. Yeah. So. The the origins of bebop is one of the greatest stories ever in like music to me because Charlie Parker thought that he was gonna like redefine jazz music and he went to a, a bandstand and went to playing and he got booed and he got booed so viciously that he went home and didn't play for nobody else for a year wow. and then the music that he was getting that he got booed for was basically the origins of bebop and jazz and it changed the genre. Wow. He just took what he got booed for and just made it into his own genre. Some genre. Gotcha. Speaking of getting booed, you know who I thought was gonna get booed this weekend? Uh, I thought they were gonna be about that story I told you about somebody getting booed and thought I was not gonna Not quite like you, that. Yo, if you was in if you was in the gym at Vanessa High in nineteen ninety five, ninety six, you know who I'm talking about. No, ninety seven. You know who I'm talking about. Nah, not quite like that. But I thought Tyrese was gonna get booed. Like me me and the wife, you know, we we celebrated our eight year anniversary. We went and we went to the R and B experience, which was is a great concert. However, two things I I'll I'll note here. The lineup was H Town, I think next Elder Barge, 112, Escape, and Tyrese. I might be missing somebody. Now, Escape should should have closed the show. Because by the time Tyrese got on, it was already 11 o'clock. And Tyrese ain't got nothing but ballads. And when Tyrese started singing, for the first 10 minutes of the show, his mic wasn't on. His mic wasn't working. So he is singing his heart out. You can see him singing. And the next thing you know, the crowd just start chanting. 
fix his mic, fix his mic. And I really thought that Tyrese, I thought they were going to start booing. But they finally fixed it and, you know, Tyrese did his thing. But, and that's not to take away anything from Tyrese. I just don't think that you got to show that late. That Tyrese should be the one to close it. Let, go ahead and let Escape close it. They got some more upbeat songs than Tyrese. And, yeah, the R&B experience is great. Elder Bar still got it, though. Sil oh, Silk. Silk was also on there. And uh, I think I, <laughs> I think I, I put in the group chat that Silk was putting on the hell of a show because they did. So all the acts were, were great. I just think, go ahead, let Escape close the show. I got one question. Yeah. Was that little short dude uh, who was the lead singer of uh, 112, was he there? You talking about... Uh, Slim. Slim, yeah, he was there. Ah oh, man, you should have gave me the word. I would have called a flight. Where was it? In Jacksonville? Yeah, it was in Jacksonville. You should have gave me the word. I would have flew in for it. Man. Because uh, I still owe that man the fade. <laughs> Yo, Slim a fade? <laughs> yeah. Why? I was dating a girl who was a Alabama A&M at the time. Well, she had, yeah, she was a cheerleader, but she had just graduated from Alabama A&M. And she was getting ready to go to Vanderbilt for uh, grad school. You know, so to celebrate, I took out I took out the dinner at Justin's. Who just who 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 happened to be at the uh, at Justin's at the same time at the bar drunk as hell? Slam, slam from one twelve. And so she goes to the bathroom, and all of a sudden I hear her say loud as hell, "Get your hands off me! My man is uh, sitting right over there." And then all I heard was him. He ain't nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up and walked to the bar. Got held back because you know you got to put up the appearance of like you was really gonna swing. I'm not gonna fight that dude then. Yeah. It was when we find, when things finally settled down and we got back to back to our seat and later on in the dinner, somebody wanted to be a smart ass and send a drink over. And I knocked the drink off the table and told him, I said, <laughs> I said, if you want to bring us a drink, tell him he can bring it over personally. And that's how I got kicked out of Justin. Oh, wow. Are you banned from Justin? For life. Oh, I ain't got to worry about being banned. They went out of business because um, yeah. uh health practices. Gotcha. Wow. This is a story I've never heard from you. Man, that's why I told you that story. Nah, you never like, told me. This that, was, that was like, that was like oh seven, oh six, oh seven. So let's let's see. So Ryan the way has blocked Ryan, and you yeah. you got a legit beef. I got, remember, I got two. I got that one, and I got blocked by um by Rob Lowe on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there we go. Bill always wins. Making got a few enemies out there, but one twelve actually did pretty good, man. Um. That's that's the one thing. Now, let me ask you ask you this question: When it comes to R and B music, right? Males and females, what's the best voice? Like, what? Who has the best voice that you ever heard from an R and B singer? Mm. Man, that's tough. I. Uh... A part of me wants to say Johnny Gill, 
and it ain't that part that him and Eddie share. It was a part. <laughs> it's a piece of it. <laughs> then want to say Gunny Gill because he one of the strongest like R and B singers out there. Yeah. But all the time it would have to be either Stevie Wonder or Donny Hathaway. I'm like, bro, like I ain't out here trying to be like I'm the manly man, but they got a voice that can drive a grown man to tears sometimes. <laughs> <Wow>. for, <laughs> for me, it's Luther. Like I think Luther, <clears throat> Luther might have Stevie Wonder got. And you don't really think about Stevie like that. Most people don't, but to me, it's Luther. Luther. Marvin Gaye, yeah, Stevie Wonder, and Prince. I think those are the my Mount Mount Rushmore. Like just when it comes to voices. All right, females, who you got? Um, you, you you just give me four. Ain't got to be in no particular order. Um, Coco from SWV. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Just, just, just strictly for like um, anything. Anything and uh, what? Uh, oh man, what's the one song? I'm about to slip up and say old girl name, but I don't, know, I don't need nobody to be like, man, little dude said hearing this SWV song remind you of her. Uh, remind you of her. <laughs> well, um, let me see. Damn. Oh, you should have gave me some. You should have told me this beforehand, so I could have thought it out. But that's 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 why I didn't. That's why it, it, I didn't think about. It. I didn't think about it until we started talking about it. Mary J. Blige. All right, you got Mary Coco. All right. Mary Coco. Um. Damn, Aretha Franklin. All right. And Shaka Tone. Wow, so you got. And let me let me give a caveat, and it's gonna sound weird when I say this name, but uh, honorable mention A. Marie because tomorrow is June twenty first, and no other song exemplifies summer or the first day of summer. Probably because I was in Germany, and that was the first day I seen the sun in like six months. <laughs> but why don't we fall in love? Always scream summer to me. So. Got gotcha. For me, I got Whitney. <clears throat> I, hate you. <laughs> I got Whitney. I have. Let's see who else I got. Mariah. Mariah Carey. Faith. Faith Evans. Are you? Are you the ones that went with Mary J? Because they one in the same to me. Mary J got a stronger voice. Uh, they sing a little different. Uh. I like Mary's voice, but I don't think it's one. It's, it's a distinct voice. But who else I got? Why you think about your fourth? To show you that I was a dirtbag, no good R&B fan in the uh, late nineties, early two thousand. I hated when Mary J got happy because it felt like the music sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you like sad Mary? Sad Mary? Oh, I, I remember I, that. I wanted, I want. I wanted sad. KC Haley from Jodeci is pointing a, a Mac ten in my fort in my temple. What's the four one one? My life, Mary J. Blige. I got my four. Heather Headley. Damn, for real? Yeah, that was left field. Yeah, man. Like I, I watched Heather Headley uh, do like some covers, some live covers. Man, 
amazing voice. Amazing voice. So. All right, let me throw a question back at you then. All right. Who is your, if just name two, who are your favorite non traditional voices oh. in R&B? Because for me, it, for me it's, it's uh, Anthony Hamilton. And I guess the second one would have to be. Man, I want to say Corinne Bailey Ray. Mm. But I I can't, even though I I love her voice, but, yeah, who would your two be? CeeLo. CeeLo Count. Yeah, he did make F.U., so. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> the not not traditional voice, um, female wise. Ah, what's it? What what Melanie Fiona be be a, a traditional voice or actually no? I take it back. New school. Uh, what's the, what's my girl name? Uh, TDE. Oh, Sizzle. Sizzle, yeah. Sizzle, right now. That's what I can think of. And male. Uh, Anthony Hamilton's one, but ah uh, man, I just keep going back to CeeLo. Yeah, yeah. I can see CeeLo. Yeah, I keep going back to CeeLo on that one. Yeah, let me see. I'm trying to think. Is there anything? Anything? How much time we got left? Uh, six minutes thirty seconds. Six minutes. Six minutes. All right. Um, yeah, uh, this is slow time of the year for, uh, <laughs> for oh, sports. Oh, I do got I do got one thing. Uh, so for us, I know we've been waiting for this game to come out for ten years now. Uh, got a hiccup. Because oh, it ain't coming out. It's never. It's not. Oh yeah, you seen it? Yeah, got a hiccup because of a lawsuit. Listen, EA Sports, do us a favor. Just make fake, make fake players. We don't gotta have. Man, they are, man, they already fake. They just got the same. They just they just so happen to have the same numbers that the dude that starting got. That's the only thing. Switch the numbers. It's too easy. They can't. They, I'm trying to figure out what his name, image, and likeness pop into like NCAA. Because if you if you still got matter of fact, if you still got NCAA 14, and you throw it on without the without the change rosters on it. EJ Manuel has dreads. EJ Manuel didn't have dreads at Florida State. No, he did. So, I mean this sincerely when I tell this DA, man, F them kids. Just make deals with the school and the bowls and the, and the college football playoff uh, committee. And let's get this thing popping. I know, we've been waiting. Because y'all testing my patience right now. And, and I'm getting the fast internet, so I have a reason to buy a PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. I need y'all to get it together. Make them fake. Just go back to the old school way. Make them fake. Put the Eisman Trophy went on or whatever. Uh, and just make them fake. Make- Mon, this is the craziest part. Mon, this is the craziest part to me about that whole situation. So, just because the players aren't organized, like, organized to collectively bargain or collectively, yeah, collectively bargain with EA or whatever. It was... I think it was the Athletic or it was Forbes or somebody. Every player who appears in that game can, if they do all 131 D1 schools, every player 
who's in that game will only get $450. Because it's too much of the pie. Yeah. Too many slices for, for one pie. <laughs> like, hey, this is what it is, man. Like, so, you know what? I want to run. Forget them kids. And um, get get us this game. Because we don't care. Oh, yeah. But there's going to be somebody out there who will put the roster out there that you can download and we'll do it. It don't matter. Yep. So, yeah. Also, also, um, other, in another bit of news, shout out to Twitter for actually doing the right thing and banning uh, Mariah Mills. That stalker. Yeah. Your girl, Mariah Mills. <laughs> Hey, uh, my girl. They finally, they finally, they finally uh, banned her off the uh, off the platform because, like I said, if this was a guy who was behaving like this was a, a, a woman, there would be think there would be think pieces being written every hour on the hour talking about toxic masculinity. And Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but if she decides to release whatever tapes they have, especially if they're sex, he tapes, can sue. He can sue, and you'll have another Tasha K. Mariah Mills would be the next Tasha K because, hey, dummy, she put it out there and said what she was going to do. And, yeah, this is illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah. Hey, and Mariah Mills is... (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. You can't be that hurt. Well, I can't tell you how to feel. So, but... Chances are she she ain't felt nothing. Like like I said... Like I said, them, <laughs> them women mad because they let that goof-ass boy run the same game that they were trying to run on him. And now that they can't, they meal ticket look like it's trying to settle down and be a family man. They feel some type of way about it. Yeah. Even though he should be feeling shame for getting boosted sloppy second. But we all somebody sloppy second. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what else is there? Uh, Tyreek Hill is under investigation again. For what? An alleged assault battery at a Miami Beach uh, marina this past weekend. Listen. Apparently he hit a marina employee. But he he from Coffee County, so I mean. It, it happened. Know what I mean? Douglas, they get, it's wild out there in Douglas. So this is what I'm going to tell you, and this <laughs> will be my last uh, rant. <sighs> if you're rich, you got millions, you're worth millions. Stay home. Stay home. That's just what it is. Stay home. It don't do nothing questionable. That's all I got to say. Uh, you got a minute, Deron, to talk about your new disdain for barbers. Roll with it. Oh, yeah, man. We said F them kids. F them barbers. Uh, for people that don't know, uh, I just moved to a location in the Midwest that I will not disclose because, you know, still got enemies out here in these streets. But... <laughs> So one of the one of the most harrowing events that a black man can have in their life is moving to a new location and finding a new bar. Now any black man that's done it know that it's like you sweating that first time you're in the chair. So looking for a barber, I was complaining about prices in Dallas, and Dallas was like fifty dollars, like max. Like I finally got in with my barber to where I was getting like forty. Bro, barbers out here charging sixty five dollars. Then the one dude that I did get recommended, but his his uh his schedule is packed for like the next three weeks. He charged fifty three dollars, and the reason why I say he I wouldn't complain about uh paying fifty three dollars because he Patrick Mahomes personal barber. 
Damn, that just told everybody where I live. Yeah, wait. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's a win-win, but, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude was the Roy- he was the Royals uh, team uh, barber. So yeah, 